0: Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga A teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng Alright, Sunday is gratitude, glory to God And so we're going to dance on Sunday and we would uh rejoice before the Lord and thank him. I think this year is one year that everybody has a reason to thank God. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. So this is my officially my last message for the year and um I like teaching God's word, but I also like uh giving people opportunity to feed on the Word and go over and over again until the Word becomes flesh. So it gives you that opportunity to go over the Word again. And I think that most times, uh, many people do not really know how to make the year great. And so, I'll be teaching you very simple things tonight. Sorry, just a moment. Is there something on here that shouldn't be on? The combo speaker or something? Is it on? Is it on? Yeah, I'm hearing a sound. Yeah, thank you. If I wasn't a preacher, I'm sure I'd have made a good sound engineer. Yeah, my ears are very, very sensitive to sound, especially when teaching the word. I think primarily, I don't like anything distracting people from receiving the word. You know, do you, do you realize you can be in church and actually not hear the message? You think so? You think so? It has happened to you before, right? Yeah, All of you are witnesses that you were in church and you didn't hear the message. Yeah. You know, many times we come to church but we must come with a heart to learn. And that heart to learn is the heart to eliminate distractions. You can't be distracted in church. And that's why after Jesus finished teaching, He said, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Not everybody heard what Jesus thought. And so we have to set our heart to hear the word. And that's why writing helps you. Because if you, if you just sit down and you're listening to the message... Things might fly, but if you're writing, you want to hear so you can document. Sometimes when I'm even listening to audio messages, I'm taking down notes. Sometimes I'm listening to audio messages and writing things down. Why? Because it helps you to retain things. Praise the name of the Lord. All right, are we ready to learn tonight? Let's pray. Father, thank you because I'm annoyed at to teach Your Word. Thank you because Your people are annoyed to receive and to get our faith is built up in the knowledge of the Person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through Your Word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. We're talking about simple steps to having a great year. Simple steps to having a great year. One of the things that made me, many years ago, to... um, even when I become a pastor, not to put a lot of emphasis, and you've got to hear my heart here. One of the things that made me not to put a lot of emphasis on crossover service was I, I saw how believers never made the necessary adjustments for their life to become better, and then they just wanted to appear December 31st into January 1st for a two hour service from 11 in the night to 1am and it's almost like it's a magical moment and in that two hours they want to get into another year and bam everything is going to be fine. That really turned me off because I knew that life was deliberate. Now I'm not putting down crossover services but I saw a whole lot of multitudes waiting for that just one day and hoping the next year is going to be better. A man said this, and I believe him, he says, many people do not experience New Year's. They only live one year 80 times. I'll repeat that again. So let's assume the man lived for 80 years. Actually, what happened was that he lived one year, 80 times. And why did, why did the person say this? Because if there is no adjustment to your behavior, the next year would not be different. Second Kings chapter 13 and verse 17. An interesting story is there. Second Kings chapter 13 and verse 17. If some of us look back now, we would realize, ooh, 2013, ah, uh, 2020, what's different? Second Kings chapter 13 and verse 17. Elijah was, was telling the king to shoot. He said, so he opened the window towards the east and he opened. Then Elijah said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the Lord's arrow of victory, even the arrow of victory over Aram, for you defeat the Arameans at Aphek, until you have destroyed them. Then he said, Take the arrows. He took them. And he said to the king of Israel, Strike the ground. And he struck it three times and stopped. So the man of God was angry with him and said, You should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Aram until you have destroyed it. But now you would strike Aram only three times. This was a prophetic parable. And that is how it is with a new year. What is a new year? God gives you Blank new, brand new days And put arrows in your hands And tells you to shoot And you know People can shoot once People can shoot twice People can shoot three times People can shoot ten times Let me tell you this The next year is absolutely up to you Are you hearing what I'm saying? Largely Every year is determined by yourself. A lot of things for the believer has been made constant. Number one, Jesus had died and paid the price for our victorious living. That is constant. Any year you go into, this is constant. Romans 5, 17. For if by the transgression of the one death reigned through the one, much more those who received the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. So, by the death and resurrection of Jesus, listen to this, your victory has been paid for. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you here or are you planning to go home? You're here? All right. What that means is this. Jesus will not die again because your problems are bigger. He has died. That's constant. The price for your victory has been paid. That's constant. Whether you get into 2057, 2092, 2077, 3000, the price for your victory has been paid. The choice of victory is left to you. Number two, God lives in us. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. I'm looking at things that are constant in the year. Christ has paid the price for our victory. So I make up my mind and I said, listen, in this year, I am not going to take anything less than Jesus had paid the price for. I I just make up my mind that way. Because that's constant. I choose to walk in the victory. Now, God lives in us. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit. 1 John 4.4 4. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is He who is in you than he who is in the world. So, every year you get into, the greater one is on your inside. You can decide what to do with the greater one on your inside. You know, one of the things that the Lord rebuked me about this year so much was so much, you allowed so much discouragement into your soul. And because of that, you allowed so many confessions to come out of your mouth that would regularly not come out from your mouth. And I was talking with Mr. Mary yesterday night, and it was the same thing we were just talking about. But you know what? This year we're going into... (laughs) (laughs) Let tornado fall on your head It's victory in our spirit I don't care I mean it will look like your intensity But no It's robbing me of my victory in Christ It's robbing me of my blessing It's robbing me It's making the devil look powerful And he's not Because I chose to ignore the greater one on my inside And talk about Praise God the things that are going on, the things people are doing, the things that are not working. And if I keep doing that, next year is not going to be different. You know, the Bible tells us to meditate on the good works of God and to speak of His blessings. That means I've got a choice on what to meditate on. And if there's anything I'm protecting in my personal space next year, is the voice of victory. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, it's up to us what we enjoy next year. The price has been paid. Really, it's up to us. Yeah, that's the truth. You can choose to go about, Oh, this year is not good. Oh, this is happening. Oh, that is happening. And God will just be looking at you. So what do you want me to do? Really, let's look at this right now. I mean, we're getting ourselves ready for next year. Let's look at this right now. Regardless of what's going on in the year, right? Let me ask you one simple question. What do you think God will do differently for you? Anybody have an idea? Talk to me now. Church, does anybody have an idea? You guys are quiet. Do you think God can do something different for you next year? (laughs) You know why? He has done everything. If a man has killed himself, what else do you want him to do for you? He went on the cross for you. So that means... Everything you require for victory in the year ahead is already at your disposal. Are you still here? <laughs> Number three. What, what is constant in the year? What is constant? No matter how many years you live in your la- this life as a child of God, what is constant? Number one, Jesus had died and paid the price for your victorious living. Number two, God lives in you. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Number three, you have the power of choice. You have the power of choice. God will not violate this. Can I tell you something? If you choose to fail, God will agree with you. Hello? If you choose to fail, God will say, yes sir. How many of you know some of the children of Israel choose not to enter the promised land? They complained. Come and talk to me. What did God say to them? Numbers? Why are you guys so quiet? Are you thinking of your life already? Just listen to the message. You can think of your life later at home. Don't think of your life when I'm preaching. Alright? What did God say to them in the book of Numbers? As you have spoken to my ears... So shall I do unto you. So if you choose to fail, God says, Yes, sir, I agree with you. God will not violate your choice. He says, I've spoken to my ears, so shall I do to you. If you say the year is bad, if you say this, is what's happening in your ministry, if you say this, is what is going on, God will agree with you. You shall have what you say. You cannot grow that basics. But I see a glorious year ahead. I see a year full of the blessings of the Lord. I see a year full of the increase of the Lord. Glory to God. I see a year where we're running the devil out of town. Praise God. It's not just good to say it. When it's December 20th. And by April. We're like the devil is running us out of town. Because in consistency lies the power. Come on! I said in consistency lies the power. Hallelujah. Now, you have the power of what? Choice. Everybody say, I have the power of choice. Say it one more time. Say, I have the power of choice. And God will not violate it. And that's true. You know, people pray this prayer. Even if you don't want to be blessed, I force you to be blessed. God is not answering those prayers. You cannot force a man to be blessed. He has to choose to be blessed. Look at it. It's here in the Bible. You know some of those prayers that they pray. I sentence you to a blessing. No, sir. You don't you can't sentence people. It's not it's not you say amen, but I mean it's showing that you were not sentenced, right? Why? Because Deuteronomy chapter thirty verse fifteen says, New Living Translation. Now listen. I like the New Living Translation. Now listen. Today I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. God says, I'm giving you that choice. God is so kind. He goes on to say, choose life that you and your sons might live. So God gives you an exam and gives you the answer, but you still choose to fail. You know not every what is what's expo in correct English? Is that something? What's that? No, exam my practice is the system. The okay, so let's say exam my practice. It's 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 the whole system. <laughs> okay. So do you realize that you can even set an exam for someone and give them the answers and they take it to the exam hall and they still fail? Because copying takes a level of intelligence. I mean, you've you've not met some people in your life. Are you following what I'm saying? So it's the same thing. God gives you the book, gives you the answer. Some people still choose failure. And then they blame the devil once your choice is wrong the devil leaves you because you self destroy yourself why would the devil bother about you you've already chosen the path of failure so three things are constant Jesus has died for you the Holy Spirit lives inside of you you have the power of choice anything that happens in this world the first thing is your choice what would you choose and that's, that's something I'm, it's not a thing I don't know but the Lord is holding me responsible over it all the time What's your choice? What would you choose in this situation? The storms are coming. You can choose to cry, Oh Master, care is not thou that we perish. Or you can choose to say, In Jesus' name, I rebuke the storm. The disciples and Jesus were in the same situation. Both of them made different what? Choices. So if you look at your 2020, it's the choices you made that ended you here. At the beginning of the pandemic, okay, the whole global crisis um Brem and Nigeria were offering To do online training and stuff And then my school I wanted to apply for Had this thing they wanted to And were, I was not studying anything So I just decided Well, why not just go back to school So I applied And then yesterday I wrote my final exams And everything and everything and everything And, everything, and I'm done with one year The thing is I could have not done that. And I would still be in December. And I would not have achieved that. But I made a choice. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? So what's going to happen December 2021? 20, I can tell you. You are going to become a product of every choice you make beginning from today. That's just it. You don't need a prophet to tell you. You are the prophet of your own life. Your habits are the prophets of your destiny. If I know your habits, I'll know where you'll end up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so what you should have control over is your habits. Most people want change, but they don't want to pay the price for change. And we have to hold ourselves responsible. Every one of us. We need, you see, we need change because we can become better. This is not your final version. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? Hey, Are you here? This is not your final version. Okay. Or version. <laughs> what ruins a year? What destroys a year? Or what makes a year not to be productive as it should? Now, the good thing, well, it's not the good thing. The, the good thing or the bad thing about this last year or the year we're in now is everybody can claim there was a global pandemic. How many of you know that you can barely have a discussion with anybody right now and they will not mention COVID-19? Hey guy, you were owing me some money. Is COVID? I mean, we, we, we actually plan to, you, by now you said we should be married. Is COVID-19? I mean, I know the disease is just, it can't wait to get out of the earth because all the things he wasn't even responsible for. I mean, you understand, I mean, Wives get pregnant. I'm like, we didn't plan for this baby. It's lockdown. I mean, it's COVID-19. COVID-19 is responsible for beds, for deaths, for all kinds of stuff. But the truth of the matter is that even in the midst of that, people created value for their life. Some people went to school. Some people did virtual programs. Some people created products they are going to launch next year. Some people wrote books. Some people read books. Some people watched TV. Some people added weight. Choices. You make It's, like it's locked down. Bring meat. It's locked down. Cabin biscuits. It's locked down. You know, like we sang today. You know, what God is doing for me. Sugar and all the... That's what He's making me to dance. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Just eating and drinking. It's after all. We can't go anywhere. Can you go anywhere? No, we can't go anywhere. It's locked down. And people struggle because the desire for change does not match their work rate. You can't want to become better and retain the habits of failures. Are you hear what I'm saying? You can't pet your weakness and expect to be strong. Do you know if you're going to become a good athlete? Hmm? I- I've realized this about life, right? I mean, this afternoon, before I came, I haven't been to the gym in a long while COVID-19 <laughs> you know, so my, my gym instructor calls me, I'm like, hey, I want you to run something I want you to do something, so we're doing this gym thing online and then, uh, you know, I finished and I could feel the impact and I just ask myself, why, why is it that when you get to the gym you have a coach right, you have a coach, why do you perform better, it's just simple your coach will not allow you to quit so my coach says i want you to do 20 repetitions of this and i'm going one two three and then you know my coach does not i mean my coach respects me listens to my message um he i mean he's blessed in fact he told me something today that shocked me he said pastor you know what i'm doing right now i said no he said i'm going back to the message you taught last year how to have a great year so i'm listening to it again so that i can make the next year greater so i say oh i'm teaching a new version the upgraded version is, is today. So, you know, but that was really interesting for me because, I mean, it's, it's blessed. But, you know, my coach doesn't see me as a man of God. Right? He doesn't say, Pastor, do that rep. Man of God, do that rep. Prophet, do that rep. Daddy, do that rep. No. If he sees me like that, I will not be trained. Right? But then, if I'm doing it on myself, or I'm doing it with my wife, or I'm, I'm at home... You know, if I jump one, two, three, and I'm breathing a bit, you know, my wife would just say, take it easy, take it easy. Do you understand that? Because my wife's interest in my life is not my physical fitness, it's longevity. Just their life. Do you understand? I don't care if you're out of shape, just be here. Do you you understand? The motivation in the relationships is different. My coach wants me alive, but my coach wants me alive and fit. Now, when it gets to the point where I want to quit, what does the coach say? What does the coach say? Do some more. Okay, you guys don't have coaches, so I'm sorry. The example doesn't... Right? What would the coach say? What, assume that you had a coach. What would the coach say? Do some more. You can do some more. Now, will I be able to actually do some more? Yes! So that means the potential to do some more is inside, but if I'm not responsible to assist them, I'll quit before I hit the breakthrough. That's what happens to people. I'll tell you, January first, fasting will start. Hmm? Books will start, rooms will be arranged, relationships will start. February first, people have started quitting. Don't make new year resolutions. Go and look at the habits you want to change. Those things will not last. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How many of you have New Year resolutions last January this year? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. How many of you had? Eh? How many of you know where? Now, I'm not saying, do you know where those resolutions are now? You know, some people don't even know where they wrote it. Are, are you? <laughs> they don't even have a... I wrote it somewhere. They don't even have a clue what they resoluted. Inconsistency lies the power. Now, what ruins a year? Songs of Solomon chapter two, verse fifteen. This is the simple answer why people's years remain the same. Catch the foxes for us. You know, when you read the Bible and say, "Catch the foxes for us," you think, "Man, it's this big fox." It says, "No." The little foxes that are ruining the vineyards. While our vineyards are in blossom. Songs of Solomon chapter 2 verse 15. Catch those little foxes. That's why I call this message, Simple Steps, so have a great year. Catch the little foxes that are spoiling our vineyard. That are ruining our vineyard. Our vineyard wants to produce. Our vineyard wants to be productive. Come on, are you here? But there are little what? Foxes that do what? Reunit. What does it mean to reune? To destroy. Reun doesn't mean to build, right? Little foxes that will destroy the year. Hmm? Little foxes that will destroy the year. I'll give you five. Then we proceed. Number one. Indiscipline. Little foxes that will destroy a great year. Massive plants. Indiscipline Indiscipline Little foxes I'll destroy the year Indiscipline So you have these great goals There's no great goal That would not require great discipline are, are you following this? It's no great goal That will not require great discipline There is no great life that will not require great discipline. Indiscipline. It will just destroy your year. It doesn't matter how glorious the year is. It doesn't matter what the prophetic word the, the Lord said to you. Indiscipline will destroy it. And you know you can take this big indiscipline in whatever area of your life. Number two. Lack of focus. Lack of focus. Or we can say lack of vision. When you're going into a year What's your primary vision? What's your primary vision? Little thing And you know what? You can have vision for January And not have a vision for February Am I right? Do you you understand that? You can get in that This month 31 days Bam! You're running The next day Zero So the consistency of having that vision Is what I'm talking about I'm not talking about You know You have one big vision for the year No just the consistency every day, every day, every day, you've got a vision. What's your biggest vision going into next year? What you want to accomplish? All right? What's your biggest vision? Okay, so for me, my biggest vision going into next year is I want to become a better teacher of the word. Now, if I want to become a better teacher of the word, how do I become a better teacher of the word? I have to study the word more. So that vision determines my daily discipline. Okay? It could be, yours could be whatever you need, to, need it to be. So, we talked about that. Distractions. Distractions. Little distractions. Little distractions can make a great year just go off. Little things can just come and distract us. Hmm? Little things can just come and distract us. I realize that sometimes if the enemy cannot get to us, he gets to people close to us just to distract us. And the, the 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 one person who teaches me so much about focus is Jesus Christ. Jesus is having this massive conversation with his disciples, and he says, "Who do men say that I am?" And Peter says, "I, you know, I, I, I." And Jesus says, "Peter, you can speak." And Peter says, "Thou art Christ, the Son of the Living God." Ah, everybody in the class like Peter. Awesome man. Wow. And Jesus went ahead and says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. You know, Peter was doing like what we used to do in school those days when they read our report card and say, you know, all the guys and they say, this guy got hundred, hundred. They would just dust our feet like, yeah, we so say it again. You know, Peter did that. And then the next moment, Jesus says, well, I'm going on the cross. And Peter raises his hand again, master, master. I have something to say. And then draws Jesus by the side and says, you know, this issue of death, you, I know you joke sometimes, but don't, don't joke with it. You will not die and leave us. But you know what the master of focus did? Jesus said, Get thee behind me, Satan. Listen carefully. That means your closest friend can become a source of distraction. You have to recognize when your friend is becoming a distraction. Right? You have to recognize when the closest people around you are becoming distractions. Jesus at this moment Jesus says, "Hey man, this thing you got it right from the spirit." The next moment Jesus says, "No, if I listen to this voice, I'll miss my purpose." That means You've got to find out when people close to you are distracting you from your purpose. Let me give you an example. You know your children can distract you from your purpose. Right? You don't think so? Okay. Say yes. That's the answer. So, your children can distract you from your purpose. Okay. That's the answer. Hm? You can get up. School runs in the morning. Lunch in the afternoon, dinner in the evening, school runs in the morning, and then you don't study. Right? Good children, your quiver is full of the arrows. But then they're distracting you. Your husband can distract you. Your wife can distract you. So we all need listen to this. We all need to come to that point where sometimes we sit our children and say, Well, oh, you know what, guys. Listen, you know what? From this time to this time, I'm getting into the Word and I don't want disturbance. Train your children that when they see you open the Bible, you know, it's like if they mistakenly run into the room and they see the Bible, let there be an invisible wall of protection that makes them just start backtracking. Charles Wesley's mother had seven kids and she prayed and raised two preachers for the world. I'm not sure anybody has raised such two powerful preachers, Charles and John Wesley. You know how she used to pray? She would just carry her apron and put it over her head and be praying there. Once the seven boys saw the mother doing that, it doesn't matter what the issue is. Why? She trained herself to eliminate distraction. The distraction that would spoil a year will not come from outside. It will come from those closest to you. And we've got to put these boundaries and know when people close to us are pulling us away from the center of purpose. Are you following this? All right. Okay. So, let's do this now. Let's let's continue. Number 1, do a proper and honest review of the year. Do a proper and honest review of the year. I'm going to finish this today. So, let's go. <laughs> huh? When i mean a proper and honest review of the year, be honest to yourself. Don't deceive yourself. A man can deceive himself. What's the honest and proper review of the year? If there's one story I like a lot. I've taught it before. I don't know if I'll teach it again, if we still have the message. But if we don't, I'll teach it again. Wisdom from the prodigal son. How many of you were in church when I taught that message? Wisdom from the prodigal son. Yeah. Were you in church when I taught that? That would be at the other church, right? Did I teach it here or there? I think it was the other church. Okay, now I like that story. Luke fifteen seventeen. Quickly, look. You know what the prodigal son said? The man came out from this whole wealthy home, spent all his money, and began to eat with pigs. That tells you about the power of choice. You know one thing. I'll tell you in life, right? You have to consistently engage the way, the way of, 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 um, of success. It's almost like a bicycle. If you take your foot off, you fall. There are people who used to read a lot in school. How many people used to read a lot, but they don't read now? Okay, used to read a lot in school, but now you don't read. Ah! (laughs) Thank God I saw your hand. So you have to go for 2021. You understand that? You know one thing that has helped me to read the way I'm reading right now? I've, in fact, I read more now than I read when I was in school. And this is something that happens. If you cultivate that habit of reading It will become natural to you If you don't read it Your day is not complete Hmm? (laughs) I mean I can read One of the problems that myself and my mom always had Was that I took books to the bathroom Sometimes I can be there And it's like, ah, ah, you carry a book again. (laughs) So, if if I just say, I want to go and base, I'm going to use the bathroom, raise your hand. Because just love for books. I wasn't born that way. It's cultivated. It's cultivated. And I'll tell you this, right? Our own generation, I mean, I don't want to make it look like we're very old. But our own generation, if you backtrack a bit, have more reading habits Because we didn't have a lot of exposure to digital distraction. Yeah? So, my parents actually didn't have TV until I was 18. And my mother would never catch you going to stay by somebody's window. You know, if you are staying by somebody's window like this, the slap you would hear at the back of your head, whatever you have watched, even if it's for one hour, will be deleted immediately. And anytime you see window, you start running. I'm like, why are you running? So, so, so books for us was where how we read about the world. You know, so, I mean, it's just unlike now where there's cartoon, there's everything. So, you've got to also watch that. Okay? For us, it's social media. We're going to come to that. But, Luke fifteen seventeen, Look at what he said. The prodigal son says, But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread? But I am dying here with hunger. He came to his sense and asked himself, Why am I dying here with hunger? In my father's house, even the servants have bread. He now told himself he will go back. I will return. Ask yourself simple questions. And be honest. Why am I not able to pay my rent? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Why am I not able to feed? Why am I not able to read? What is stopping me from reading? For some people, it's television. For some people, it's your phone. For some people, if you go to bed, why am I always waking up late? You go to bed by 1 a.m. Why am I not able to pray? Laziness. Write it down. Laziness. Capital letter. Don't say, I don't like praying. Nobody was born to like praying. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Why don't I study the word? Look at that. Ask yourself questions. I should be stronger than this. I should be better than this. Why is this difficult? You know, I asked myself (laughs) a couple of questions along these lines. I memorize scripture a lot. I, I, I used to memorize scripture a lot. And you know, I'm like, why don't I memorize scripture? Why don't I have scriptures up in my head anymore? And I just realized, I'm not doing that discipline. Because regularly, I'd study my scripture in a day and I'd have a memory verse. And that memory verse, I'd meditate on it throughout the night, throughout the day. You, you know, when I was even doing that, we'd have these four by four cards. Hmm? Just cut cardboard. We'd we'll write the card. How many of you had that? we we'll just put it in our front pocket in school. We'd we'll just bring it and read it and bring it. And I realized I was memorizing scriptures like that. Over the years, those scriptures I memorized stuck. But now I don't do it anymore. So you realize that Your brain and your life will adjust to your habits Your brain and your life Will adjust to what? Your habits It doesn't matter how good you were 10 years ago If you weren't praying right now See, if you used to pray one hour every day For 10 years And you stopped hmm? You know what's going to happen? After one year, you'd struggle to pray one hour again Because you know the good thing about life Anywhere you stop, you have to start again Okay, So the prodigal son made an honest review of himself. Ask yourself honest questions. Why was I indebted this year? Why was I not available for church? Or why? ask yourself honest questions. I don't know the area you want to ask yourself. Ask yourself very honest questions. Why was I not able to complete the number of books I said I'll complete? And like the prodigal son, come to your senses. If my life continues like this, we're not saying that we're not happy with where we are. We're saying that we can be more because God has given us more ability. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Why, why was I not able to read? Why didn't I finish the Bible? Why didn't I finish the book? And this is a message you should have with you and listen to every month. Because, I mean, all these things are exciting. And January and then by February, people are back to default. And that's why the year always remains the same for people. Okay, number two. Understand the eternal law of life and living. Understand the eternal law of life and living. Please don't forget this. Genesis 8.22 says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, comrades and friends, this is an eternal law of life. If you want a harvest, sow the seed. Simple. As long as this earth remains, your December is the harvest of your January. How many of you think that would be a good translation? Hmm? <laughs> Marks Revised Standard Version. Right? People want a great December but then they sow poor seeds. How many of you, well, you don't do that anymore, right? But, where yeah, people do it. How many of you have been saving for December? Saving something for December? Don't worry, I won't ask you to tight. it. Just, just be honest. How many of you have been saving for December? Whatever you want to buy is okay. Knockout, Vanguard, Rice or something. But how many of you have been saving for December? Alright. Okay. None of you saved? <laughs> okay, Are we have a financial expert in that mist. And none of you saved? Okay. But you realize that if you've been saving for December and you're supposed to take that savings by December 24th, what's going to happen? Right? Your discipline from January Will pay you off In what? December Right? Now if you had If you didn't have that discipline You realize that By December 24th When the people who discipline themselves to put up What's going to happen to you? Nothing What seeds Would you sow differently To reap a better year? Ask yourself, what seeds or what quality of seeds are you putting into your life? Hmm? People are spending time reading, studying. You're spending time playing. And then tomorrow, when they ask them and they're paying them based on their value, you now say, oh, like, this life is not balanced. This life is not balanced. No, it's not balanced. Genesis 8.22 makes it not to be balanced. If you sow a good seed, you will do what? To reap a great harvest. What's the seed you're sowing? What's the seed you're sowing? So you've got to check and understand the eternal law of life. And if I apply this law, if I walk on it, it will be for my benefit. If I start praying one hour every day, by December, I'm going to reap a great prayer life. If I start studying the Word, if I'm consistent, I'm going to reap that. If I pay attention to my church and I pay attention to the ministry, I'm going to reap this. People want a harvest, but they don't want to plant the seed. Now, very interesting, this is where we're going. If you do not change, the year will not change. The calendars might change, the dates might change, but the year itself, what you get will not change. And Christians need to understand this. Christians need to understand this. We bless God for all the Watch 9 services we're going to have. We bless God for all the crossover we're going to have. But fundamentally, brothers and sisters, if we do not engage the things I'm teaching you today, it's going to be the same thing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, talk to me now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What's going to change? You know, I was talking to the Mary this, this afternoon before I came into the service. I said, one of the things I'd like to do next year is to just get better organized. I mean, I'm not disorganized, but just get better, I mean, organized. You've got to, I mean, if I want to be better organized, I've got to seal the seats. What am I doing? I'm reading books on organization. I'm reading books on getting my personal life. I mean, there was a book that was written hundreds of years ago. "Ordering your private world. Amazing. Classic. You've got to. You've got to find out. This is where I need... And you've got to work on it. This is your life. It's not your enemy's own. It's yours. Become good at tweaking your life to fulfill the potentials that God has for you. So... Mark said this, Your purpose must be bigger than your pleasure, and your curse greater than your comfort. I like that. Your purpose must be bigger than your pleasure, and your curse greater than your comfort. Your purpose must be what? Bigger than your pleasure. What does that mean? If I want to become a better Bible teacher... I I must, listen, I must, that must become bigger to me than sleeping and not studying the word. You know, Charles Spurgeon said, he put it this way. A desire to teach without a desire to study is a desire to entertain. Right? You want to be a Bible teacher? but you don't want to study? Actually, what you have is a desire for entertainment. Praise the name of the Lord. Alright, Proverbs twenty one seventeen. Let's let's see, you know. We have to finish this thing. <laughs> Proverbs twenty one seventeen. Are you learning something already? Say amen if you are. Alright, Proverbs twenty one seventeen. He who loves pleasure will become a poor man. He who loves wine and oil will not become rich. That means, the scripture is saying very clearly, this is a very powerful scripture, there are things you love that will stop you from becoming who you are supposed to be. Did you get that? Did you get that? It says, a man who loves pleasure will become poor. And if you love wine and oil, you will not become rich. So, if I love wine and oil it will prevent me from becoming rich. Because if I want to become rich, I will not love wine and oil. So there are things you would love that will stop your potential from becoming who you are if you love sleep. I mean, you will not become whatever. Hmm? If you love entertainment. If you love whatever. There are things you would like that would hinder your progress. That means there are things you don't need to like. So that you can become rich. Let me give you an example. We talk about savings. If you like to spend, you will not become rich. And the truth of the matter is that there is none of us that don't like to spend. That's the truth. You know, sometimes I ask people, right? Or I ask myself, or I ask people sometimes. Where do people actually think, you have money to help them. Have you asked yourself that question? Have you asked yourself that question? You haven't. Where do you think people are, You know, people just assume. Where do they think? Do you realize that sometimes for you to be able to help someone is because you've denied yourself certain levels of pleasure? And we need to understand these things. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes it is because we don't love the things you love. That's why we are in a position to help you. Because if we love the things you love, we will not be where we are to, 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 to be of a blessing. Imagine if I don't love studying. You think probably, I mean, thank God for the teaching ability, but if I don't love to study and to read, do you think I'll, 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 I'll be here teaching the way I am? No? Praise God. John Wesley told his Bible school students, either read or get out of the ministry. You know, someone gifted me a very nice Christmas gift. Huh? Charles Paul John's book, Lecture to My Students. And that book is just, I mean, it's like sitting with Charles Paul John just teaching his Bible school students. Amazing. The work ethic of those men, it just looks like we're playing. At 70 years of age, John Wesley was still riding on the horseback, reviewing journals. Writing books and was still complaining that he's, he's getting so old he can't walk. That he cannot walk. At 70, still riding horsebacks to meeting. Thousands of, hundreds of miles, sorry. To go preach, review journals. And in those days, it wasn't like they were writing or typing with a MacBook. They would put ink hmm, and write and put ink and write. And those men produced books. The depth and the quality of those books, you will know that, we are joking. If you think it's a lie, go and pick a Charles John Wesley book or a Arrow Tory book and try to read it. You can't finish it in one week. Then you pick some of our books that we are writing. Motivational books. In two days you are done. Those once you read one chapter, it will cut across your spirit and your soul. Quality work. You know, sometimes I ask myself that, are we actually, are we actually going to stand together with these people before God? You know... You know, sometimes it just be amazing. Like, like, I mean, sometimes my, I let my imagination go that way. Eh? And I say, okay. Let's assume the way people teach it. Right? In heaven. And I say, after John Wesley, he's Harry. And then I say, John Wesley, what did you do with 70 years? Okay. Or maybe any other preacher. Or Maxwell. What did you do with 70 years? Ah, I'm lying. The guy's like, ah. I wrote just 100 books and I preached to like 3,000 people and I did this and I did this. <laughs> and they say, Bishop Max, what did you do with 100 years? 3,000 Facebook posts. <laughs> 7,000 Twitter. Out of that, 4,000 of them were quarreling over who won the election. I mean, it's, just, it's almost like God gives you just like, can I, can I just choke you to death? <laughs> like if you have not died before. Do you realize that the great people in life that you admire have 24 hours? Not 25? But they choose to make those 24 hours the best. God is not going to increase the time because you're lazy. But let's not forget, all these things we're preaching and we're laughing about, the truth of the matter is that we're going to be accountable to God for our own lives. God will judge us. Because we know better. Praise the name of the Lord. What you love or hate will ultimately make or admire you. Every year you're becoming something. There's no stagnation in life. Either you're becoming better or you're becoming worse. There's no stagnation. You're either becoming better or you're becoming worse. Galatians 6.8 Whoever sows to, the, to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. You see, Galatians 6, 8 and Genesis chapter 8, verse 22 are telling us the same thing. That in life, there is the invaluable law of seed time and what? Harvest. And God is saying something here, and I want you to pick this because we're going somewhere now. He's saying that if you sow to the Spirit, you will of the Spirit reap life. But if you sow to your flesh, you will of your flesh reap destruction. So the one question you want to ask yourself is, in the year you're about to enter, to make it a great year, what will you sow to? Would you sow to your Spirit or you will sow to your flesh? You live in you say those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature but those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from that spirit and i say the spirit realm is real and should be given priority let's prioritize the spirit realm most people are so you know christians sometimes can be so canal and they live just on this earthly plane so we've got to prioritize the spirit realm number 1 we must understand that the spirit realm is real It's real In 2nd Kings chapter 6 verse 17 When the, the those armies surrounded Elisha he says Elisha prayed Oh Lord open the eyes of my servant That he may see And the Lord opened the servant's eyes And he saw And behold the mountain was full of horses And chariots of fire It means that The, 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 the angels were around them The spirit realm is real That's why people don't value God. That's why people don't value God's word. Because they don't see the spirit realm. We cannot get into a new year and have a greater year without making up our mind that we're going to sow to the spirit. What are the two ways to sow to the spirit? Number one, our prayer life. The fact that things are not visible does not mean that they are not real. The fact that things are not visible does not mean that they are not real. Colossians 4.2 Devote yourself to prayer. Keep a in it with an attitude of what? given. Our attitude matters. And if there's anything I'm, go- I'm going to work on, going into next year, I'm going to take a hold of my attitude. This year, I allowed my attitude to take a hold of me, but next year is not surviving that battle. I choose to rejoice all the time. I choose to speak faith all the time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I choose to be a man who believes that the word of God is coming to pass in my life, and one of the things that will make God's word come to pass in my life very quickly is having an attitude of joy and having an attitude of rejoicing. You know, sometimes I'm talking with Tamaria and she's just I mean the last couple of days, she's like, What's making you to laugh? And I'm just saying, I'm just laughing. It's not like I'm just laughing because something is funny. I remember something that's going to put a hold of my attitude, then I just choose to laugh. Because that's what's going to happen. There's nobody who's going to have the uttermost control over my soul to make me sad for the rest of my life. Those days are over with forever. Why? I'm going to speak to my soul. Rejoice in God and hope down in God. And like David, I'm going to say to my soul, Why are thou downcast over my soul? You know one of the things I'm making mad? If you're constantly around me and you're going to have that attitude of not rejoicing, I'm going to pull myself from your space. Because listen, the blessing is too important to cut it short. This thing for me is life and death. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's... it's, it's, it's <laughs> this thing... Come on. There's nobody who is worth the exchange of the blessing. Because when the blessing is on our lives, all things are possible to us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so we're going to protect our space. No thinking attitude around us. Because our prayer life is going to come with an attitude of thanksgiving, not an attitude of complaining. We're not going to pray next year with complaints. We're praying with an attitude of thanksgiving because we're praying the prayers of faith. So we devote ourselves to prayer. What's your prayer schedule next year? What cannot be measured? Cannot. What, can, what, what doesn't have schedules and timelines cannot be measured. I wish I prayed. Yes, yes, God, we pray for? prayerful. No. How does prayerful mean for you? Is it one hour every day? Is it 30 minutes every day? Is it 15 minutes every day? Are you going to have personal retreat? Document it. Hold yourself accountable. Even when you don't feel like praying, pray. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I like what, well, I don't know, I mean, but it's a personal development person. Well, let me not mention his name, but he said something and I like what he said. He said, win the battle of the bed. Put your mind over mattress. Hmm? You know what he means, win the battle of the bed? You know what, Win the battle of the bed means? You don't know. It's, there's no Greek word for it. You know what win the battle of the bed means? When it's time to stand up to pray, and you just feel like, ah, ah, even God can hear me when I'm sleeping and praying. And you know, that's when the enemy encourages you. It's true. It's true. I Father, thank you. Father, thank you. Father, thank you. Thanks. Hmm? And he, you know the good thing about that thing is that in your mind you are praying. In your mind you are praying, very <laughs> You know, you know. Sometimes I just imagine God will just look at this and say, ah. "So these are the ones I died for." <laughs> I mean, in your mind you are praying, it, uh, and you know the enemy has a way of strengthening us. Even in your mind, if you are walking around and praying like a campground, you are praying. <laughs> and In your mind, you are praying. In the natural, you are snoring. Then you just wake up. What was the last prayer point? You don't remember. And thank God for tongues. As you wake up. <gasps> oh, and you have done like one hour nap. <laughs> win that battle. You know, the thing I like so much, mo- oh, alright, I really want to finish this. The thing I like so much is, you know, when we used to do our, when we were coppers, right, we, had, we used to have this prayer, I used to pray in the night, people have gone, people are tired. You know, I said, we must pray, es- escorts, we'll pray. <laughs> and then so people would just start praying, we start to pray, Amando, say, take say my lecos, take all my After a while, they will not kneel down by the chair. You will not hear anything from that corner again. And then, you know, self-deception is very funny. When you touch them, you know. not to oh, say it again. <laughs> if this thing is important, we will treat it rightly. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Well, have you realized that for those people who are in relationships, huh? when they are making calls, thank God now, that in those days of midnight call. Eh? They will call and call and call. and Sleep is not there. Because when you are in love, your body will respond. If you fellowship with Jesus out of love, sleep will not hold you. And then if you want to sleep, don't deceive yourself. Just say, Father, I really have the mind to pray. But I'm feeling sleepy. So God... I will sleep now. And then I will pray later. Do, do you understand? Don't, don't, don't waste anybody's time. Neither your own or that of God. And then go and sleep in peace. Then when you get up, don't now get busy and forget your prayers. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. certain times I don't get to pray in the morning. Maybe something happens when I come to the office. And I'm like, yeah, I'm taking one hour. I'm praying in the office. You have to do that. Okay? The, number two, the word. The word. Joshua eight. This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it how long? Day and night. So you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you have your good success. Okay? So we can determine how much success we have next year by the word. Now it's been proven that 80% of people who have a Bible reading plan never finish it. How many people have started reading a Bible plan and then they don't finish it? What's your word schedule next year? So you've got to put the word. There's a scripture that came up to my heart so strong. Proverbs 24, 10. Inasmuch as we want the year to be fantastic, right? Everything is going to happen great for us in the year. But how many of you know that every year will have his own share of troubles and tribulations? But the scripture says, if we faint in the day of adversity, if you are slack in the day of distress, your strength is limited. Ah. That means, as you're going into a new year, your prayer and your word life is to build strength inside of you. So that when adversity, when distress comes, you've got strength to withstand it. We want a great year. We want a powerful year. But it doesn't matter that things will not happen. The enemy will throw everything he wants to throw at us. But we should be people who have done, done what? Develop what? Strength. Can somebody say strength? How do we build strength? Pray on the Word. Pray on the Word. Pray on the Word. Pray on the Word. Feed your spirit. Don't get into the next year with a lean spirit. Distress hmm? comes. You've collapsed. This one comes. You've collapsed. <laughs> your strength. Look at it. If you are slack in the day of distress. Say your strength is limited. It's not the that distress that's the issue. It's limited strength. Okay? Now, have a prayer plan and a study plan. What you can't measure, you cannot track. Your word life will will impact on what you believe. Your faith is fed by the Word. So if you want to believe God for great things next year, feed yourself on, on faith. Feed yourself on the Word. Okay? Now, there are other spiritual things to do. Matthew 6, 16 tells us, When we fast, Romans 1, 11, Paul says, I want to impart spiritual gifts to you. Hebrews 10, 25, Forsake not the gathering of yourself together. Have fasting. Giving Schedule your giving to pastors, to missionaries, to your parents, to people. Listening to messages. Get all the messages. Listen to them again. Feed your spirit. That's something that I I do always and it's it's really helped me. Get messages. Listen. Feed your spirit. What are the key meetings you want to attend next year? We have camp meeting coming up. We have pastors meeting coming up. Schedule those things. They are part of your spiritual growth. The gathering of the local church. Don't exempt yourself. I mean, we go to Everywhere. We go to shopping malls, we go to schools and we go to, and for some reasons people just think it's when we come to church that we're going to catch COVID. The devil is a liar. If we can go everywhere else, we can come to the church. Is that okay? Yeah. I mean, we go everywhere else. And it just looks like, oh, when is church service, that's when COVID is going to spread. And that's the enemy at work. If there's anywhere where it shouldn't spread, it should be the church of the living God. Glory to God. Because the glory of God is in our midst, praise God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you make up your mind that you're going to be part of the local church. Now, let's do this very quickly, number four. There's a natural side to life. So I've dealt with the spiritual side, okay? Word and prayer. There's a natural side to, 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 to life. So what are some of the natural things you need to do to be able to have a great year? Your finance. Your finance. Study your, your finances properly. Your income, your expense, your investment. Do a list of your expenses. Do a budget. Learn to stick with a budget. You know, I teach people to stick with a budget and they do it for two months and the rest of the month they're not, they're not, you know. I mean, sometimes I'm mentoring people and I'm like, you've got to work by budget, okay? Work by budget. And then the next month they just say, like, ah, so I bought this thing. I say, was it in the budget? Ah, <laughs> budget, no. That's how it starts. That's how it starts. Hmm? We have a book here written by uh, Mr. Gabriel. For the Five Money Mistakes. Get a hold of that book. It's an investment so you won't make the mistakes. And read it. No book is expensive if you don't know what is inside. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Get a hold of it. Get a hold of other financial books. Material Increase and Prosperity. Read the, Invest in it. Okay? Your finance. Do a proper analysis. If you... Listen to me. Listen. Everybody listen tonight. Hmm? if you cannot by December go from January to December and say this is how much I got listen carefully oh, this is not spiritual now. this is natural work if you cannot stand today and say December 31st this is how much I got in January this is how much I got in December this is how much I spent this is how much I gave this is how much I did listen there is a financial problem it doesn't matter whether it's 1,000 or 1,000,000 the inability to track your finances, you will be poor. It's simple. The first thing to come out of that whole poverty, mediocre level is the ability to stick by budget. So if you cannot go back and say, listen, this is my account for the year. I got so and so amount of money. I put this here. I put that here. If you cannot track it, it must not repeat itself. Because prosperity comes with proper stewardship. Proper stewardship comes with what? Accountability. Everybody say accountability. Number number two, time management. And for time management, I'd actually like to say priority management. So list five of your highest priorities for next year. What's going to be your highest priority? Build your life around them. For instance, I have said one of the things I want to do next year by the grace of God is to become a better Bible teacher. That means studying the Word must become a priority to me. That means my theological schools I'm attending must become a priority. That means I must build my 24 hours around my priority. Are you following what I'm saying? Don't build your time around the priorities of distraction. Build your time around the priorities of your purpose. Okay? You must have a to-do list and not to-do list. What are the things you're not going to do next year? Write them down. What are the things you're not going to do next year? Write them down. Okay? What are your five highest priorities? If there's a simple secret in life that has helped a lot of people to fulfill their purpose, it's very simple. Write what you want to do. And that's something I'm I'm, I'm doing and and, and it, it helps me. Every time I've done it consistently, it has helped me. The day before you sleep, write at least five things you want to do. And, you know, you finish them, you track them. You finish them, you track them. Own the day. Own the day. Don't let the day own you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, I I read a book, um, well, a bit of a secular book, but it's a good book um, by Carl Newport. And he said something about focused work, okay? And I've observed that. There are days I come to the office and my phone is off from like maybe in the morning till like twelve. And then my phone is on I've measured those days And the days my phone is on From morning till evening You know which days are more productive You know which days are more productive When the phone is off We must not be addicted to digital distraction. We must deal with it Alright Because we also live in a culture Where if you don't respond to people Then it's a problem Alright So I'll finish here now All right. Skills Skills If you don't improve your skills next year, you're going to have issues. You've got to become more valuable. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're going to become what? More valuable. So you need to work on your skills. Then, two things Last, lastly. Number one, I call this data for development or data for destruction. Data for development or data for destruction. What does this mean? Some people say it's data. I don't know what... pronunciation is if it's data for you it's okay if it's data for you it's okay if it's megabytes for you it's okay whatever 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 works for you but you understand what i'm saying right it's your data contributing to your development or your data is contributing to your destruction you have to make sure that you're not buying data for your own destruction there are a lot of online youtube courses you could take there are a lot of self-improvement videos online if you rather spend them watching just things on social media that don't improve your life, improve what you're doing, it'll 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 hurt you. You know, as a preacher, one of the things that have helped me well, not I mean, one of the things that I decided to do was to watch. Well, Dallas Theological Seminary is one of the most expensive seminaries in the world, one of the most expensive in the world. There's no way you know I can attend Dallas right now, okay? But I realized they have a YouTube channel. And all their chapel services where they bring all the best of the faculties, it's free. It's there. And I just decided, oh, once a week I'll watch their chapel services. And I can't tell you how blessed I've been just focusing on watching one service a week from DTS YouTube videos. So, there are are many things like that in your area. If you're a public speaker, if you're a writer, if you're an editor, there are free courses that can help you. Your data must contribute to your development and not your destruction. The same data people are using to watch pornography is the same data people are using to watch skills and are becoming better. People are watching things that will they are finding it difficult to break out from, and people are watching things that are creating value. Your the choice is yours. Are you following this? Then reading, reading First Timothy four to think, Till I come, give attention to reading. We can't talk about making the year better without talking about improving our reading habits praise the name of the Lord thank you Lord Jesus can we can we just pray father we thank you we just call everyone blessed and we pray Father God that as they take this message to heart and act on it and work in it that everyone that is hearing these words will become better for it in Jesus mighty name we pray